on Porch Confessional, your weekly Devo podcast. My name is Jeff Goki, and I am so happy that you have tuned in today. Welcome to episode 256, and welcome back to my front porch. I hope you all are doing so, so great. Um, this week has been really cool. Uh, we got invited to partner with a conference called the Dwell Conference, and you can check it out at dwellconference.org, and, and you can also go to their Instagram page if you're interested, and it's kind of got some you know, shots of the event and also uh, what Phoenix One got to be a part of. So if you know, I, I relaunched my organization, Phoenix One, uh, a year ago. That's why we moved back to Phoenix uh, from California. And so uh, this year has just been a year of going like, Lord, we just want you to invite us into things, you know, and I'm pretty good at making stuff happen. So I've been working really hard to be disciplined and just waiting on on the Lord. And, and so this was something that we were invited into. And so Mike and I have been really excited. Mike works with me at Phoenix One. Uh, Mike and I have been really excited about partnering with this. So here's what we did. Um, I got the opportunity to speak Thursday night to about, it was about 300 leaders, church leaders, uh, worship pastors, creatives, uh, senior pastors, executive pastors, a whole crew of people that ended up showing up. So I got to speak Thursday night and I, I, I felt so strongly about bringing this word that was uh, basically the tagline was what you long for you live for. And I was using this passage that actually went through on this podcast in Jeremiah. You know, Jeremiah is trying to present this idea of like, there's this bush and then there's this tree. And if you remember that, that podcast, I think it was a couple weeks ago. Anyway, so I got to present that and then kind of wrapped up with this idea that, 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 um, that weakness, we need to use weakness as a weapon. And the whole conference was really cool because it felt like that was a theme that just got carried through every leader. I felt I was so proud to be a part of it. You know, it seemed like vulnerability was being displayed, people really opening up. And then the other thing that, that we decided that we would do, we we said to, to all conferences, we were like, hey, would you rent an Airbnb house? Mike and I'll set up shop uh, for... 24 hours uh, every day 24 hours 24 7 for two and a half days mike and i set up shop in this airbnb and basically what we said to these pastors leaders is and staff members if you need prayer if you need counseling if you need to confess something come to this house and uh it was it, it was so beautiful um, but Mike and I are like, we're drained. You know, we put it all out into the field and we made ourselves completely available to just be with people who are hurting. And uh, it reminded me of a few things this week. Like one, that, availabil- that availability, it's a big deal. And just seeing the fact that they knew they had a place they could go to if they wanted to do that. So a bunch of people showed up and and um, Mike and I met with a lot of people. I think we're both pretty wiped out, but it was so worth it and so beautiful. And I think the other thing um, that what I was uh, as that I learned as I was kind of sitting back and even just watching and listening this week is how important community really is. People are lonely. People are hiding things. People are afraid. People can't are struggling to find safe places to be themselves. And so this house was just a really cool kind of beacon of hope that you can show up somewhere and somebody's going to be with you in your hurt, in your pain. So I was just, I was really proud of, of us and the work that we did over the last few days. Really proud of the team around Dwell Conference and how well they really committed themselves to 
proclaiming the goodness of God and also saying, hey, it's okay um, to be broken. It's okay as long as we're leaning on the Lord to repair us and to lead us into his life and his way for his glory. And so that was really, really beautiful. Um, Hey, listen, I just want to say thanks for all of you who continue to listen. Those of you who give, thank you, thank you, thank you. It really does mean a lot to me. And then those of you who have bought the devotional, so awesome. Really, really appreciate it. So, okay, our passage today is 1 Thessalonians 4, 7 through 8. It says this, For God has not called us for impurity, but in holiness. Therefore, whoever disregards this disregards not man, but God, who gives, a, who gives his Holy Spirit to you. I'll read it again. 1 Thessalonians 4, 7 and 8. For God has not called us for impurity, but in holiness. Therefore, whoever disregards this disregards not man, but God, who gives his Holy Spirit to you. Uh, to you. Uh, When I was a kid, I've talked to you a little bit before about this house that I grew up in. It was like a dungeon. You know, the basement was. It was like a limestone foundation. It was just kind of musty down there. I think we had this coal stove that heated up the house. The house was like, I mean, now the house would be like, I don't know, 120 years old, something like that, 130 years old, old house. And uh, so the basement was always like this place that was like kind of mysterious but terrifying. So I, my mom would do the laundry down there and I'd go hang out with her and just talk to her when I was a kid. Um, and I don't specifically remember the story of this happening, but my mom has told the story over and over. But uh, essentially, I, maybe I was four or five or something like that. And I came running upstairs just kind of gagging like, ah, ah, she looked at my tongue and my tongue was green. And so she's like, oh my gosh, what's going on? So she runs down into the basement and she sees a glass of milk that is covered in like a green sludge that I had just drank and so she's freaking out she's like oh my gosh is he gonna die I think you know we had a friend who was a nurse so she's calling Patty and saying hey listen this is what happened to him he's gonna get some weird bacteria and die and I I think they ended up trying to make me puke (laughs) puke it out or something like that but it was like super super disgusting and I, I started thinking about this passage and I started thinking about like yeah um this is the problem isn't it You know, this is what we're struggling with as a culture, this impurity, you know, and it's really, you know, making us sick. It's really, really making us sick. And it's really making us as a culture and as a as a people just not right. And it's it's because we're not moving forward in the spirit of God uh, to be holy like God. And this is what Pastor Paul is after this is what he's trying to teach them you know pastor paul is reaching out to this church in thessalonica and he's commending them so he does like hey listen you guys are doing a really good job as it relates to some of these areas of sharing the gospel and being together and you're trying to unify and so he's trying to build them up but then he also kind of transitions and he says listen like so many of the churches that you see that paul is writing in the epistles so many of those churches he's also going like listen but there's a problem, and the problem is impurity. The problem is is that you keep being like the culture. You keep being like them. You keep acting like them, and it's a problem. Like, it's not going to work. It's not going to work if you look like them. You know, Christianity was a countercultural movement, and that countercultural movement was grounded in the person of Jesus, but what was what was the thing that we were supposed to follow after was holiness. 
to be holy as he is holy. And, and, and Jesus is the one who displayed that to us. So you see Paul constantly coming back to this theme in the epistles as he's writing. And even in the minor epistles, you, you see the same things um, being uh, repeated. So what I, uh, I find so interesting is, um, is that, the, that the culture today around Christianity that it is not necessarily known for its holiness, but rather its impurity. That we often are pursuing after the wrong things. And so the problem that was going on in Paul's day is no different than the the problem we have going on in today. And and kind of the and, and by the way, this isn't a new problem. It's not a New Testament church problem. It's a humanity problem. It starts with Adam and Eve kind of problem, Cain and Abel kind of problem. You know, Noah and the and and the ark and the people of the that that were destroyed in the flood like all throughout the Bible, all throughout history, humanity is always trying to add something to God. And it's just not going right. In our particular culture that has been so influenced by the Enlightenment, this idea of creating these utopias and that you are in control and that, you know, Nietzsche writes this book about kind of the I killed God. You know, this idea that that we did this and we killed him with our knowledge and our understanding and and this is the impurity that, that, that Paul, Pastor Paul, continues to come back and remind us. And there's this occurring theme, reoccurring theme that's happening in our culture right now, which is this idea of like, listen, huh, you be you. You be you. Which uh, on, the, on the front, right, on just facial value seems completely like, of course. Of course we want people to be comfortable in their skin. Of course we want people to, to be okay with who they are. But we have now taken this to a whole nother degree, which basically we can justify whatever desire we have. Whatever way we're living, we can justify. And so people will just go, hey, listen, you be you. That's what's most important. And the Bible would just go, that's ridiculous. That's just absolutely ridiculous. I mean, like, think about it. How convenient for us. How convenient for us that we would look to God and go, God, I'm just, I'm trying to be me. And God's like, no, 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 I'm asking you to crucify yourself. <laughs> My son, he laid down his life so that all may be set free. I'm going to invite you into that same life, not your will, but his be done. And yet our culture is trying to say, no, 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 oh, that's oppressive. No, 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 the way he's making it, it's this very impure way, this impurity that is leaking in to our thinking and our way of doing it. You know, what, what Paul is trying to do, he's going like, you know, Paul is trying to say, in light of Jesus, it basically says like, listen, be holy, right? It, okay, like, like, but as we do that, that, that there's something that, that we come into conflict with. And it's the impurity of our culture, right? We cannot be mixed with the culture. 
You know, this is where you get these themes in the like we are aliens in this world, right? We are supposed to be in the world, but not of the world. And the complexity within many Christians' hearts is they don't want to inf- offend, right? They don't. The reason why they'll compromise with the culture is because they don't want to offend. I don't want to be offensive, right? I don't want to. I don't want to stand out. And what ends up happening, right, is that we just continue to compromise as a result of living that way, of being that way. And what ends up happening, and really this is what Paul's tooling down on, is the question is this, would you rather offend God or the culture? Would you rather offend God the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, the holiest of holy, holy exists because God exists and you're okay to offend him, but not the culture. And this is a problem. This is where this impurity leaks into our lives and it starts transforming our minds in the wrong way. You know, in the, in the Greek, the, that word is like metamorphosis, like a butterfly. But we will either be conformed to the way the world is thinking or conformed to Christ. And, and that is why verse 8 is so important. Verse 8 is saying this, Therefore, whoever disregards this, this movement of holiness, and continues to compromise with impurity, disregards not man, but God. And that's a big deal. That's a big deal. So who are you living for? That's what the, that's what, that's what he's asking. Who are you really living for? What really matters to you? You know, cause here's the thing is that the spirit is guiding and leading us into the righteousness of God. Because it's there that we will find life and wholeness and contentment and peace and patience and kindness and goodness. And you can run out the fruit of the Spirit. This is where we start finding this. And we start identifying ourselves with who Jesus is because Jesus was righteousness. But anything other than that is a rebellion against God. And what happens to people as they continue to compromise, as they continue to move away from holiness and seek impurity and offend God, is that their souls become sick. There are so many sick souls. You know, just meeting with these staff members this week has reminded me how important it is to have healthy souls, how important it is to not compromise because over a long period of time it just creates so much pain and hurt and destruction and what I love about Jesus is this and this is so comforting is that he who knew no sin became sin so that in him we might become the righteousness of God how beautiful is that passage he is our perfection Because he took on sin. He didn't know sin. He became sin so you and I can stand before the Father and we are known as sons and daughters of the Most High God. 
holy and pure before God as a result of what Jesus did. And what Paul's encouraging us to do is live that way because compromise will lead to personal, to a personal and spiritual collapse. So the question is really simple. Where are you compromising? Father God, we need your help. <laughs> Expose us. Expose us. Show us where we're being impure. Show us where we're not moving forward in your holiness for your glory and your honor. So take a breath, reflect, and believe that the God of the universe is near to you in your own heartbeat. Until next time, cheers. Thank you.